The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to me on America's Web Radio. Got a great show for you today. Our good friend, Dr. Rich McCormick, is going to be here in just a minute. He's running for Congress in the Georgia 6th. He's uh, looking really great, and it's really important that you all get out and vote because the the predicate on today's show is medicine is politics, and you must vote. When I first started doing this podcast, my passion was really a desire to promote free market healthcare versus socialized medicine just because of the things that I observed throughout my training and throughout my education, spending now almost 30 years in the healthcare system and in academia. And I've been able to see how the government-run, top-down, controlled healthcare system is absolutely horrific. And this is evidenced by the VA system in our country, which is, as we've talked about many times in this show, the one of the worst healthcare systems I've ever seen run by incompetent bureaucracies who have no accountability, wasteful spending, and a really just very for, poor care of a relatively small uh, percentage of the population are veterans. And sadly, the people who deserve the greatest healthcare from our country end up getting the worst. Whenever you work in a free market economy, including healthcare, you always end up getting the highest quality of goods and services, the greatest number of choices at the lowest price. And this is because free market competition encourages the voluntary relationships between buyers and sellers. It's good for the buyer. It's good for the seller. That's the whole point of it. And competition is what keeps prices down to as low as they can be. When somebody gets their price down uh, to a low level, they are able to uh, sell those goods on the marketplace. If a competitor can come in and figure out how to do it better for lower cost, then then they're going to uh, take over market share. And so the discussion on today's show is the fact that medicine is politics, and you have to vote if you want your medicine back, if you want your health care back, if you want your country back, and that's why... I'm going to be voting for Dr. Rich McCormick, our good friend, uh, who's running for the Georgia 6th, and he's looking in great shape. Uh, Rich, a little bit late to the show today, but I'm so happy <laughs> you squeezed this in. I know you're more busy than anything, and I'm honored that you uh, carved out some time for us. Well, I'm honored to be here. It's uh, One thing uh, that's predictable about Atlanta traffic is it's always bad. Uh, it, it's funny. You talk about medicine as politics. One of the, A couple things that have come up recently is the new vaccination. Uh, they're, they're really excited about it. They're going to be pushing out there. And, and, of course, they have no idea what the side effects are because they haven't tested it all. Uh, they, they have no idea of the benefit of it because... They don't know. We're, we're not we're not seeing a bunch of people die of COVID right now, but yet we're pushing out this vaccination that's untested, unproven, uh, and a lot of people probably already have immunity. Quite frankly, we're I think on the BA five six. Who who knows what uh, variant we're on? It's gonna it's had how many variants just this year? They tested it on eight mice, <coughs> well, there and, you go. Uh, they're, and now they're gonna let it let it fly. 
And, and that's and that's for uh, by the way, most viruses. For those people who don't know, are very particular to whatever genome uh, they're infecting. So, in other words, it doesn't have the same effect on humans as it does on certain species of animals. As a matter of fact, it may have a totally different uh, effect on mice than it does on a dog versus a human. So uh, testing on an animal just doesn't really do it justice. Th- th- this isn't even like high-level science. This is like eighth-grade biology stuff, and it's utterly ridiculous. And the fact that we've kind of descended into this uh, this sort of brainwashed groupthink, and it's obvious that political power is driving our medical policy right now. And I just kind of want to take a 30000 foot view of what has happened, kind of give people some perspective, and then let's start making some decisions that prevent this from happening in the future. One thing I want to point out is um, I'm, I'm reviewing here the current CDC regulations here, and this is reported by NPR, our current status from the new COVID guidance from the CDC focus on individual decisions. Those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. Okay, you and I talked about that in 2020 because we went to medical school. We knew that quarantine was a silly concept for a uh, airborne respiratory virus that was disseminated throughout the entire world. Uh, unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. So let's just call that what it is, natural immunity, again, Eighth grade biology, you and I knew about this from medical school. We talked about it in 2020. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus. So this was ridiculous. My daughter, my both my daughters were tortured by missing important events in their lives because they happened to be in a room that was next to somebody who tested through one of these bogus tests and was showing no symptoms in a little kid. Uh, and now they're saying, of course, you don't need to do that. Again, you and I talked about this in 2020. We knew because, you know, we went to medical school. This was all known stuff. It is no longer recommended to screen those without systems. I don't know how many times you and I talked about that over the last couple of years. The point I'm trying to make is we were punished and attacked and censored and threatened and had medical boards uh, attacking us for asking these questions. We didn't even say, we just said, hey, it seems to me that we ought to be talking about this. Uh, we were censored. We were labeled spreaders of misinformation. And now all of a sudden the CDC's like, yeah, the gig is up. Everybody knows that these masks don't work. In fact, the more we, we already had decades and decades and decades of studies on these cloth and paper masks. There was one randomized controlled study that actually showed you're more likely to get sick if you wear the cloth mask. They've done more studies. The randomized controlled studies demonstrate the masks don't work. Uh, none show that they do. None. None. And yet we're still playing this game. When I go to the hospitals to do my operations when I'm on call, I'm still forced to wear the mask. What is going on, Rich? Well, first of all, we, we knew for a long time that track and trace, almost from the very beginning, was uh, a bogus idea that basically everybody, if you look at the way that viruses spread, everybody's going to be exposed in a very rapid way. Uh, if, of course, if you're high risk, we knew that we had to mitigate some risk for some people. We knew that, for example, sending a person who's absolutely infected to a nursing a nursing home to be amongst other people in close contact was a bad idea. But, of course, we had some very liberal uh, thinking people uh, thinking that was a good idea because once again they don't go by science they just go by rules and rules are not meant to make you stupid and unfortunately in this case it did uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting just recently 
Joe Biden was talking about uh, Congress uh, as if they betrayed him because they're no longer funding free testing kits uh, at the... At well, the, you and I know they're not free. They aren't free. And that's we're going to get into that. Yeah, the yeah. trillions of dollars that have been spent and who's uh, who's paying attention to It's like to free that. school or free med- medical care, free anything. Uh, the, the dirty little secret... Actually, it's three dirty little secrets. First of all, the Democrats are never done giving away your money to buy votes for them. And they can take it at the end of a gun, basically, and say... They I'm, are taking it at th- the end of a gun. That's exactly right. And then they will use it against you literally to buy votes. Yeah. I'm, and, it, and it's just, as gulag as you get. Um, I mean, right now, I, I was you're talking about reporting. And, and, oh, my gosh, if you say something against the state, then you're going to be in trouble. I'll threaten your license. That is just like the gulag archipelago when people turned against each other because they didn't want to be labeled by the government something evil. Uh, if you want to think about this groupthink, and, and by the way... Your your business, for example, and Dr. Barber has a very successful business because he has a model that's not owned by the government and not owned by a hospital system. He's able to make a profit like a normal business person, which is being threatened, by the way, by the way that we regulate and overtaxate. Uh, and he doesn't have the same tax benefits as a hospital. He could say, I'm nonprofit just because. And, and so this is the way that... You know, they, they, the government goes out of its way to undermine me and undercut me, and not just me, but any doctor. And that's why it's so hard for doctors to get out and compete. They're basically being forced to go into an employed position where they are beholden to their employer, which are these hospital systems, which makes these hospital systems... Uh, it, it puts them in a position to be able to control the doctors. If you say anything against the vaccine, if you say anything that other medications are effective or not effective, you'll lose your job or you'll be censored or you'll be punished by the board. And, oh, by the way, if you want to keep your tax-exempt status, the government gets to tell you what to do. And that's yes. the bottom line. I get to tell you what to think, how to wear your mask, if you're open or if you're closed, who you hire, who you <laughs> fire, if they're vaccinated or if they're not, if they wear a mask or not. All that's controlled by the government. As soon as you accept that tax-exempt status... That's how they control your schools. That's how they control anything that the government gets to give you money for or give you an advantage for. They basically get to tell you. Now, there's a word for that, and Reagan used to talk about it. If you have a privately owned business, but it's regulated and controlled by government, that is the definition of fascism. If that word doesn't scare you just like (laughs) communism or socialism, then do your history. Yeah, you don't know what you're, you don't know about it because you need to be afraid. I am afraid. And this is what it's all about. And and it, this whole idea that free testing or anything that is supposed to be supplied by the government, if you don't do it, then you're just not patriotic. This is the guilt. This is the, the pressure from the left that unless you keep on giving away things, by the way, that's a, the, the, the second uh, lie is that the Democrats somehow or another have the best interests of those impoverished people, including minorities. Uh, we've shown historically for the last 50 plus years, no, I'm sorry, from the inception of both parties that they've been on the wrong side of history. They didn't They didn't stand up to die on the battlefield to free the slaves. They were on the opposite side. They didn't vote. <laughs> they were doing the enslaving. I they mean, didn't vote. They, they're the ones that always perpetrate these crimes against humanity throughout history, and then they point back to that and say, see, that's why we have to tear down the United States. And that's governments that, that believe in government control do. They're the ones with the most egregious uh, violations, not just of your rights, but also of your life. Uh, if you want to see where the most most egregious gun violence comes from is when you disarm a people 
and then you slaughter them wholesale where you have no ability to stand up against the government. And if you don't think it can happen here, it can happen anywhere. It happened in Venezuela not that long ago in a society that was very free, very prosperous, and then all of a sudden got taken over by a government that abused their people. If you don't like that, just take a look right here in the United States where you can look at the different cities that you've disarmed, and as soon as you disarm, crime goes through the roof. You know, That's ben- the way it works. Venezuela is the thing to me that uh, is really uh, an eye-opener in terms of just how uninformed our society has become. I mean, I'm old enough to remember I was a grown-up when I was listening to Danny Glover and Sean Penn and others talk about Hugo Chavez and how he has it all figured out and Venezuela has the way. And so Hugo Chavez gets into power. All Suddenly he starts winning elections, you know, 90% plus, which we all know that's fraud. Uh, and uh, he takes over the oil and gas production. Now, at the time, before Hugo Chavez took over, Venezuela was very prosperous, oil rich. I think it was the second wealthiest country in the Western Hemisphere, major producer of oil. The communists, and I'm sorry, that's what they are. Hugo Chavez was a communist, came in, took over at the point of a gun. They took over the oil industry, and now people are literally starving in the streets, fighting over toilet paper, and they literally implemented everything that Sean John Penn and Danny Glover and the left wanted them to implement, and and people are starving to death now. And I just don't understand why the lights don't get turned on for some people. And, and people think that it's unique to foreign countries, that it could work here even though it never works anywhere else. And, and the reason Venezuela is a unique and, and a great example is because it did have the third highest GDP per capita in the world. It did have natural resources. It had industry. It had education. It had a good bell-shaped curve of their population. So the only thing that changed was their government and it failed them drastically. In in California and New York, we've talked about this before, the the two most prosperous states in world history for hundreds of years building the amazing population of diversity, resources, topography, geography, uh, industry, they had all these advantages and for the first time in history they're shrinking in population now and the only difference between then and 10 years ago or even 15 years ago is their government has turned towards socialist ideas of taxation, regulation, as if it's going to help, and it's done nothing but harm their society. There's garbage everywhere, crime everywhere, and their populations are leaving because they're sick of it. Well, and it's just utterly ridiculous. We just had Gavin Newsom talking about the fact that they're going to ban cars powered by fossil fuel by the year 2035. They're going to go fully electric, and literally the day later, uh, he's on the on the news there telling people, set your thermostats to 78%. We're going to have rolling blockouts, and please don't charge your electric cars. And I mean, people the, the brain-dead uh, um, situation here, it's unbelievable to me that people are like, wait a second, we don't have the technology to produce so-called green energy. Not that we even need to do it. That's an argument for another day, but even if we buy into this whole idea that renewable energy was the way to go, which I don't necessarily, um, we don't have the ability to power this world with the technology, we're not even close. I, not even close. And I don't understand. People just keep going along with this. And just to sort of rein it in back to this show, you know, this show is the doctor's lounge. Why are we talking about these kind of political issues on the doctor's show? Well, we always talk about on this show that you need three things to transform a constitutional republic into a communist dictatorship. You need control of education, you need control of the health care, and you need control of the energy. Okay? 
we're, we're there and the healthcare is gone and it's like I'm not arguing for we need to preserve our free market healthcare what I'm arguing is we need to get it back and the only way that's going to happen is to vote for people like you who understand healthcare well let's talk why why healthcare is central to this conversation if you want to talk about the biggest in my opinion the biggest uh, challenge we're going to face in the United States right now it comes down to healthcare here's why here's why it's the leading it is going to be the leading topic in the next 10 years. First of all, it is the lar- sorry, is the second largest expense for any business in the United States. Uh, healthcare, healthcare costs 20% of the economy of the yeah. United States. It is also one of the biggest expense for the governments. It is also the fastest growing expense in the United States. It, out, it even out-distanced uh, uh, education. So education is number two, by the way, and that needs to be dealt with too, by the way, uh, because there's no, no reason for... Uh, Professors who teach three classes, th- sorry, three hours of of class a week with TAs to correct the papers, making four hundred thousand dollars, which is more than most doctors make, by the way. Um, and then you wonder why your tuition's so high. Look at the administrators. Well, it's a cost. scam, right? It's, it's a, a scam. scam. They they basically make the money free. The government is that is guaranteeing student loans, so people borrow the money. Yeah. Uh, the By teachers the then are making these six-figure salaries and more, and taking if- three months off for the summer. They're teaching useless uh, things like, you know, underwater basket weaving and, you know, uh, bisexual dance theory. These silly things that can't produce a return on investment when they get out. Uh, and it's utterly ridiculous. Even when I was in school, and it's been a long time since I was in school, people used to take that loan money and go surf. They had no intention of finishing school or getting a degree or anything. We're throwing this money away, and now we just saw Joe Biden give us give away somewhere between five hundred billion to a trillion dollars in student loan forgiveness. That is so ridiculous on so many levels uh, that that uh, I can't believe that people are falling for this. And it's a clear uh, situation where he's buying votes. <laughs> he he always likes to say, "Oh, look, forty percent of the people that that." Uh, that are benefiting from this have such and such. There's some sort of impoverished situation. Well, that means 60% are not. So let's get real in the conversation. This is what, this is the third dirty secret. So yeah. first one is that they're never done giving away your money. They're always going to find if we gave them everything that they wanted for quote unquote free, the next year they're going to be back with a bigger list. That's the first one. The second one is that they benefit the impoverished. No, they don't. They actually harm them. They keep people in that place because they want that. They want people to be reliant on a government. That's what gives them their power. The third dirty little secret is that they think that that we're the bad guys because we're the ones supported by billionaires. Nope, just the opposite. Billionaires, by and large, support the aristocracy uh, of the left, which means that they keep anybody else from becoming billionaires. The most successful people get taxed and regulated death, so they'll never make it up to the billionaires, who, by the way, cannot be taxed when the money is already in the bank. So it creates an automatic aristocracy that controls government from here on out. They're the only ones who get the tax breaks. They're the only ones who keep the money because their money's already in the bank. And that's the dirty little secret. The three dirty dirty little secrets. Getting back to health care. If you want to see the future of health care and how we're going to encourage, uh, I would like to, with your permission, kind of get into what kind of things can we do that are going to benefit. Because we obviously we 
we've tried a lot of things and it's just done nothing but made it worse. Obamacare has been a disaster. It's increased health care premiums. It's decreased by design. Access by by design. design. They're trying to collapse the, not just health care, but our economy, all of that, because they want people to baby, to, you can see it. You fall off the curve and you get to that point where, oh my God, they've collapsed my job. I no longer can pay for food. I no longer can pay for my rent. You're vulnerable and now it's like, okay, government, save me. That's exactly what they want. So how do we get back to some sort of normalcy where we control prices? Let me let me give you a couple more secrets that, that most people don't know. I just got augmented uh, prescribed to me for a toothache. Uh, my insurance company, in this care, uh, case, TRICARE, was charged about $54 for my augmented for 10 days. Um, then and by, tri- by TRICARE means... The government, the government took money from the that, taxpayer right. and gave it to a pharmaceutical company, $54 for augmentum um, that really cost them like cents to well, make. And, and here, and your insurance company will do the same. Matter of fact, their insurance company might even pay more because that's how insurance companies are. They're in on it. Are, it's are, about confiscating the money and dividing it up to the people who have a seat at the table. So by law, they're able to do an upcharge of 20% on all expenses. So they don't have a reason to deny you a lot of things that, that we charge because they get to upcharge from there. And, and so the dirty little secret is when a pharmacy gives you that 50 or $60, let's just call it $50, $50 augmenting, you could have paid out of pocket probably closer to 5 to $10 if you do your good RX. But look, it's, it's, it's already paid for. Well, you, you're not taking into account that, that, that $50 that came out of your pocket actually ends up in a $60 charge for your healthcare insurance because you, because you have a 20% up regulation, right? So $60 is how much you're charged out of your pocket for your premiums for something that would cost you five to $6 out of pocket. And that's the bad behavior that we've encouraged by not having a funded HSA that rolls over that can be moved to another place and is funded by you and your boss to encourage you to make good decisions rather than bad decisions. That's just the tip of the iceberg, whether it be pharmaceutical costs, whether it be the way you go to the ER instead of going to your primary care physician, the way you you approach transparency, which we have very little transparency in healthcare. Those are all ways that we can encourage people to make the right decision because it has to be driven by human behavior, not by government regulation. That's that's because the government regulation will never end up in good behavior. So one of the things that frustrates me is even people this is why I need you in Congress. You know, you're a doctor, you're a good person. I mean, you're a rugby player, enough said. <laughs> but uh, you know, my point is you know what you're talking about because you've been on the inside, you know how it works. People talk even on our side, people that are uh, advocates for free market healthcare, they'll talk about transparency solving the problem. You know, Trump, during the Trump administration, they passed the law about hospitals uh, posting their prices online so there's no surprise billing. Of course, they've just completely ignored it because our country's totally lawless right now. And the bureaucracy knows, eh, if somebody comes along, they don't like what they say, they just ignore them. But that is not going to solve the problem alone, transparency. That's going to allow people to see the problem, but that's not going to do a darn thing to fix it. Here's the problem. We have a socialized medicine system. You essentially got Medicare and Medicaid. Hospital systems in cities are like little cities. They're little economies, okay? The government takes money from the taxpayer through confiscation and then gives it to the hospital to then, uh, with the charge of, you got to take care of people. So what happens is this money is confiscated by a ton, and they give a little trickle of actual health care. So I always use the example. My mom is is getting older. She's getting ill. She's had some issues. My brother takes her to the hospital, and she has an issue that we want looked at. 
But they do all this other testing because they just look at the Medicare sheet and they say, what can we bill for? Let's get a CT scan. Let's do neural training. Let's do dementia training. Let's see if she can go to a, a nursing home. And, wait, I'm not, I don't want to send my mom to it. It doesn't matter. Medicare will pay. They fleece the bill for as much as they can. And then the CEOs and all the people who work at that city then donate their money primarily to Democrat, uh, politicians who then make uh, votes that allow for the greater confiscation of more money to go back to these hospital systems. And any doctors that are kind of outside that system, you know, like me, they have no intention of like, because I'm trying to actually deliver health care that's like a fee for service. I'm going to charge you a reasonable amount of money for the amount of health care. They don't want that because if I own an MRI, which I do, and I was to charge a fee, let's just say I charged $500, which I would, people say, how much would you charge? And I always say the most I could get away with. I mean, it's the market that keeps the price down as low as possible. But what the hospital does is it legislates out competition so that they can charge $3,500 for MRIs, and then they order MRIs even when they don't need them because it's a way of just getting money from the system. And we have got to break this cycle because... People feel like they're covered with their card in their pocket. But when they go to access the system, that's when they realize, wait a second, I don't really have coverage. And here's the other scam. So we have Medicare for the old. We have Medicaid for the poor. And they expand poor. Uh, so there's people who are on Medicaid who are really not really considered poor, at least when I was younger. Cell they didn't phones. Consi- yeah, they got everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. It's it's not that. It's just it's a it's a way of growing that system. And again, I always have to say, I'm not for not having a, a safety net uh, for people. In fact, I do tons and tons and tons of charity, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, I see people in need. I take care of them all the time. That's not here, there. I'm not a special doctor that way. That's what doctors do because we're, we're in this business uh, to take care of people. But my point is we have to have a sustainable system. So you got Medicare for the old, Medicaid for the poor. You got S-CHIP for the young. So that's all socialized medicine. That's all government control. They just confiscate it uh, up at the top. Dr. Barber, they don't really do that. Oh, really? They just came up with this COVID fiasco. How many trillions of dollars did they spend? And with no oversight, they just say, hey, we're going to have a... Ma- oh, it's COVID? Yeah, trillions and trillions. They just kept doing this relief, that relief. Um, who's paying attention to where that money goes? And the worst part is, then they implemented Obamacare, which is basically socialized medicine. And and they what they do is they do two things. If you can afford it, your premiums are ridiculously high. Like for me, I'm like spend 30 grand, you know, a year on my health care and I don't before I even access the system. If you're too poor to afford those high premiums, then what they do is they take money from the people who can't afford it. They transfer it to the people who can't to get them their uh, their insurance, but then when the poor people have to go and access the system, their deductible is ten or twenty thousand dollars, which prevents them from using the system. And that's you know win win for the government. They take the money, they deliver very little health care, and then they go and spread it around to their friends. Oh, and by the way, if you do something that that defrauds the government of Medicaid or Medicare, or if you do something that anything that's protected by government, the the fines and the the viciousness. Uh, uh, that come after you is, is full throttle. But if it's gonna, against, let's say somebody did something to you, the government could care less. And that's the funny thing is that once again it gets into to fascism. The Gulag Archipelago. If you stole an apple from somebody's orchard who was privately owned, nobody really cares. But if you stole stole an apple from the orchard that was owned by the government, you're going to jail for eight years. Yeah. So the Gulag Archipelago, written by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, 
uh, he was there in the Soviet Union. He wrote a book about it. Everybody needs to read it because it is happening. You know, uh, 1984, the book, 1984, uh, it is happening. George Orwell, you know, it is happening. You need, it is a roadmap to what is exactly going on. Here's the other thing too. You know, we've gotten to this place in our society where you can never, if you, you know, if, if you were to say, Hey, this is reminiscent of Mussolini and the fascists or, or, uh, the Nazi part. Oh, that person's a psycho. They're crazy. I, I'm sorry. That is not true. I have always been kind of a, I'm not a group think guy, and that's why since I've been sitting at this microphone, everything that I've told you turned out to be 100% true about COVID and other things, uh, not because I'm the most brilliant guy. I just am willing to say what's obvious. Uh, we're living in a world where the emperor has no clothes. We're living in the Truman Show. I mean, five minutes ago, everybody on the left was screaming, defund the police. Now we're having issues with the police, and now Joe Biden's like, we need to fund the police. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, they get away with this stuff, flip-flopping all the time, and uh, it's like they're never held accountable. And that's because we're losing control of our law and order. And the more that they start to implement these rules, the more they start to uh, control the system and have no pushback, the more bold they're going to be at doing it. I mean, just look at the amount of money we've spent in the last uh, couple of years. And you remember in the debates they talked about free health care for people who came here illegally, as if that was some no, uh, novel Not concept. Not free, too, right? Nothing right, is free. Right. But the only thing that say. changes is who pays. Right. But that's what they say. And what's funny is they're debating it as if it would, it could or could not happen. It's happened. It's already happening. If you cross the border, and, and this is uh, something that we shouldn't even be debating, but literally, you come here illegally, and, and you arrive, and you're unhealthy, the first thing to do is take, take you to a hospital, and then you're immediately put in the system. They release you because they can't stick around and wait for you all day. So now you're in the hospital system. Now, let's say you have dialysis. You're, you're a kidney failure. You're now on dialysis for the rest of your life on the taxpayer do- dollars, and you'll come to the ER for your health care unless you can get to a special program where somebody basically gives you free dialysis, which has to be made up for no, by the, the, pain. S- the system is created to love a new dialysis patient because the amount of reimbursement you get for managing that far exceeds the little bit of care you give to that person, you, which, by the way, you and I both know down in the trenches, that care is not great. You will put in... you be put in jail if you do not give health care to somebody who's here illegally. Just put that in perspective. Well, I mean, to me, that's like not even an issue. When I was going through my training, I remember I was younger and I didn't really understand, but I remember having thoughts like, man, who's paying for all this? Mm-hmm. Right down in Miami, I mean, we had, I used to say, like, I, I mean, I don't really know that I even ever took care of an American citizen because it was so inundated from people, not just uh, Latin America, but everywhere that were coming across the border. They were getting sick, but I was a healer. I'm a doctor. I took, if you're in front of me, I'm going to take care of you. And I remember a guy who got on a plane with a broken femur, broken thigh bone. He flew from Mexico, landed at the airport in, um, in Miami. He got off the plane, got on the phone, dialed 911. The ambulance came to pick him up at the hosp- uh, at the airport. He came to the trauma center and I'm the guy like, what's, what's your story? And he tells me this and I'm like, you got all the way here from Mexico with a broken thigh bone. I remember looking at him and say, you're getting a nail. Meaning, you did a lot to get here. I can't believe you did. I mean, most people with a femur fracture wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be able to get off the floor. I know I couldn't and, uh, but this guy managed to get all the way and I took him the operator and I fixed him, you know. That's what healers do. We That's take care of people. Do. But it's our job to look from a 30,000-foot view. How do we fix the system going forward? Because 
the way we're doing it now is not caring for the vast majority of people. It's it's denying uh, quality health care. And I'm going to let you go for a little bit. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how our health care system is deteriorating and people are not getting health care. Well, well, I tell you, first of all, when you when you clutter the ER with people who are here that they shouldn't be in line uh, with people um, uh, who who don't pay into the system, who. We have we don't even have good policies to encourage the right kind of behavior for immigration, let alone health care, let alone drug use, all all the things that we're having problems with right now. My wife is an oncologist, and if she goes to approve, uh, or she wants to get pre-approval for a medication or something that's a treatment for cancer, and the insurance company says no because we 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 know that's the standard of care, but I'm going to delay this as much as possible because my premiums already in this year, and because I'm used to last year's benefits and and profits from the COVID era, and my stockholders will will very much frown on me paying this out. Her only recourse when you get to the end, she can't keep them accountable. She has to go to the co- some sort of commissioner, like an insurance commissioner. Are you kidding me? The, the amount of paperwork that we don't get reimbursed for, that we do for our patients willingly because we love our patients. Yeah. And that's why, by the way, we are the backstop. We are the people that take – we do – we do more pro bono if we could, but the problem is the government would hold us yep. liable for that too. Yep. Uh, it's we're gonna, crazy. We're going to take a break right here. We'll come back and pick this up. We're talking to uh, Dr. Rich McCormick running for Georgia 6th District. Uh, make sure you guys vote. We'll be back in just a minute. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the uh, Doctor's Lounge. You're listening to Dr. Scott Barber and Dr. Rich McCormick on America's Web Radio. Our focus today is the fact that medicine is politics and you guys need to vote. we got a huge election coming up in November. Rich McCormick is going to be our candidate for the Georgia 6th. He's a doctor. He's a military man. He's a rugby player. He's got everything that we need to change course in this country, and God knows we need to change course. Everything is is going down. Rich, we're talking about uh, this kind of perspective about... You know, it's nice to say things in theory like, oh, I want to help the poor or, oh, you know, uh, people in other countries, uh, you know, they need help, too. And, you know, we always hear this from the left trying to demonize anybody who's trying to say, could we at least get a hold on our border and make sure that the people who are coming into our country are not people who want to do us harm or want to who or who hate who we are and want to, you know, bring down our society now? 
this is kind of the thing I'm always talking about. I'm tired of living in the Truman Show. The border is wide open. Everybody knows it. But you see Karine Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson for the Biden administration up there saying, no, we're doing everything we can to secure the border. It's like, stop it. You are not securing the border. So Governor Greg Abbott down in Texas getting sick and tired of the border basically being wide open and illegal immigrants coming across and flooding the health care systems, the education systems and all the social systems, burdening, you know, Texans. Uh, he decided to put a few, not even many, but a few on a bus and ship them up to New York City. And then you have the people in New York City howling, oh my gosh, our systems are being overwhelmed, we're being overrun, this is, this is unfair, we need help. And it's like, I, the Truman Show, are you kidding me? You guys with, you know, one side of your mouth, you're talking about, you know, everything you can to promote illegal immigration, to not secure the border. And then when you guys are having problems with your system being overwhelmed, now all of a sudden it's an issue and it just drives me insane, you know. I, I listen. I want everybody on this planet to be happy. I want everybody to be healthy. I want everybody to, you know, have the, the, you know, get all of their dreams, have all their dreams come true. But that is just not the way the world works. But, uh, we need to be treated equally under the law. And the beauty of this country is rugged individuals could go and pursue their dreams, and that's going away. You know, my ability when I, you know, people. I had a kid come in, and uh, I, I do this all the time, and they. They shadow me in my office. You know, I try to give opportunities for young people to see what it's like so they can decide if they want to go into medicine. I didn't have anything like this when I was young. And I used to say to myself, if I ever get in this position, I'm going to make it available to anybody. And I do. People find me on social media. Hey, could I come and watch you? So this kid is in there and he said, when did you know you wanted this? And I said, when I was in high school, I imagined it. I was like, I want to go learn how to be the best doctor in the world. And then I want to build my own business, run my own ship and control things and deliver the best possible health care. What about making money in this and that? I never thought about it. I just wanted to be able to provide the best possible health care. And I spent 30 plus years learning how to do that by seeing what works, what doesn't work. And now I got here and I realized the system is designed to prevent doctors from being able to do that. We, When you get into office, you will be the first guy, and I know because I've been going up there for probably 15 or 20 years, trying to talk to the Congress, even doctors, who don't really understand the situation. The fact is we have to control or we have to change the control system with these medical boards that are just left-wing political bodies that uh, are wanting, they want a one-size-fits-all, top-down, government-run healthcare system, just like what happened with COVID. They want to be able to tell all the doctors what they can say and what they can't say. We've shown it on this show. All of the medical boards, the, the American Board of Pediatrics, the American Board of Internal Medicine, the American Board of Family Medicine, if you say anything about the vaccine, if you say anything about masks, if you say anything about lockdowns, you will be risking your license. And so... Doctors, you know, after putting tons of time into becoming a doctor, you don't want to lose your ability to practice. You keep your mouth shut. And so what happened was we were led down the primrose path of a way of treatment with no dissenting views or very few. That's simply got to change. And think about this. We're the ones that are labeled as the extremist. We're the ones that are called the unreasonable people. And ironically, if you look around the, uh, the nation and see what states failed miserably, both in, in the way they handled COVID and also in their, the way they handle their economy, they're the ones that are losers right now in, in retrospect, but they still call us the crazies. If you want to talk about extremism, uh, they're the ones that would basically say, oh, look, it is, it, you're the extremist 
for not allowing us to have a permanent sex change on a prepubescent person, by, by the way, that we're going to give hormones to somebody who hasn't even finished their normal hormone cycle, who doesn't know, I mean, you're talking about kids who shouldn't even be thinking about sex. They don't even know, they don't even really have a cognitive understanding of the difference between boys and girls yet. They don't even have a developed brain, and now you're going to mess with them both physiologically, with, where you're literally going to do an operation, and hormonally, where you're going to do hormones that affect if if this is if you're defined solely by your sex, I would say you're the extremist because I don't think that defines everything that I am. Um, well, they're, they're controlling the language, right? The left controls the politics of everything. But I'm politics. great. And no, and no, and we're the ones who get censored. Like we're just bringing up. Uh, Issues that I want to talk about, and it's like, oh, misinformation. We're not going to talk about it, and then when we get proven to be right on whatever the issue is, they just move along. Like, wait a second, you labeled that misinformation last year. Now this year, you're saying it, which belies the point. How is it ever misinformation? We should be able to discuss issues that we disagree about all the time. And then there's another thing that's happening that's very insidious. And listen, I'm 57 years old. I've been here long enough to know what I'm seeing is flat out evil right now. They are doing sex change operations on young kids, teenagers, uh, that are confused about their gender or they're being made to believe they're confused about the gender by older people. And this is not some you know, hole-in-the-wall, warehouse, crazy, out of the mainstream. We just had the person who runs the uh, Libs of TikTok uh, site called uh, uh, the pediatric hospital up by Yale University, and basically we have the whole audio tape. It's been all over the news. Hey, uh, I have a, the pretending to have a 16-year-old daughter. Hey, will you do a sex change operation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The person on the other line, is she asks, just curious, how young would you go? And she, the person on the phone's like, well, I know we've gotten much younger. Man, this is mutilating young kids' bodies, cutting off the penis of boys, ripping the womb out of young girls, cutting out the breast tissue of children. Man, this is evil. Where are the medical boards standing up for this? Our so-called medical boards that were all over guys like you and me for saying, hey, I wonder if the vaccines might have some side effects. And then I just played last week Fauci being confronted about the data showing that these vaccines are seem to be having an issue with menstrual cycles. Again, eighth grade biology wasn't rocket science to figure it out and Fauci has the temerity to sit there and say well you know we're going to need to study that more study it more what are you talking about you just put a gun to everybody's head to take this vaccine you still are and then you have the nerve to say that man if people don't start speaking up if people don't start uh calling out that the emperor has no clothes, man, we are going to decline very quickly. Just in the last three years, we went from a pediatric community that, that outright said this this idea that we're supposed to be converting people, the, the idea that we're supposed to be talking about transgenderism with, with youth is absurd. That's the pediatric community, the, the experts in it. In the last three years, you've seen almost a reversal of that because why? Because the government has threatened, controlled, and bullied uh, physicians who are professionals that if you don't think the way we do, we will crush you. No, and we have a top-down, one-size-fits-all government-controlled system. So doctors seen people forget what they where they came from. It's it's insane to me. You know, I was in the hospital, and the masks to me at this point. I mean, we don't do them anywhere else, right? Even most of the schools uh, don't do them anymore. Uh, it, nowhere, right? It's it's up. The gig is up. The randomized control studies that 
that we have show that masks are not effective. They don't prevent it. We knew this. The decades and decades of research before, we were punished for even mentioning this obvious, obvious fact. Uh, now these boards are just, you know, they're controlling what we think. I didn't see anybody really speaking up about it. I go to the hospital now they won't. and they make me wear the mask still to walk in the hospital. It's like, I brought, I brought it up a couple months ago. Like, can we at least visit like getting rid of these things? And they're like, no, the CDC still recommends it. And I'm like, okay, but the CDC, is the CDC has lost all credibility. Yeah. Come on. Now, but worse, now the CDC doesn't recommend it. And we're still doing it. We're still doing right. it. It's like there's just this group think that has gone to make people shut their brains off. I don't understand. And if it. it can happen, think about this, folks. This is why this is at the heart of the matter of, of not just medicine, but also being an American. If this can happen to the most highly educated, yeah. quote unquote, most intelligent people, and also very wealthy, uh, affluent, influential uh, sector of America, then who can't it happen to? If it can happen to doctors. Uh, who are supposedly, you know, prestigious in their society, who have some sort of intellect and, and, and education and money, and yet we can be bullied and, and told how to think, then who can't it be done for? This is America, and this is the real threat to our future and how we, how we do business, not just in medicine, but in everything. You know, I, I, just to kind of take that more to a 30,000-foot view about how individual rights and the ability to have free speech. I mean, this country was founded on freedom and individual rights and protecting individuals from the tyranny of government that really uh, – that is the story of the entire world until Western society, the Magna Carta, which was the first document to put down rights, human rights in a document, the – our Constitution, if we stick to it, if we enforce it, is the only thing that protects us from a tyrannical government. And free speech was number one for a reason. And I'm just watching them use these euphemisms. Well, it's hate speech. Shut it down. Well, it's misinformation. Even when the thing they said that was misinformation last year is now information this year. Like, okay, maybe we ought to not be labeling stuff misinformation because you get it wrong all the time. This is doesn't seem to be having an effect on people, and sometimes I get scared. Like, wow, maybe the people are just maybe I'm the crazy one. So, I'll, you know, my daughters are young, and we're talking about misinformation. They get it. They get it. People are just afraid, in many cases, to open their mouths uh, because they don't want to lose what they have because they see the boa constrictor of government coming around and slowly squeezing people out. I mean, God, I think about it all the time. I mean. We're not that far away from slipping all the way down the rabbit hole and I'm on tape. You know, they'll be, I'm going to be one of the first guys they're going to come get. But if people don't start speaking up, my kids are not going to have a world to live in. They're going to live in a, a, a totalitarian dictatorial dystopia. I was just watching Rob Schneider, the, the actor comedian yesterday. I saw him on social media a bunch and he was saying, I don't even care about my career anymore. I care about the world that my kids are going to have. And that's where people need to get. We are on the precipice. And if we don't start changing course now, all is going to be lost. We are mutilating children. We know that these vaccines have side effects. That is a fact. We know it. I just played um, um, Fauci saying that we need to do more tests, and yet we're still injecting our children with these things. People, come on. 
We have got to wake up. And you're talking about children who have the least likely... less Five times less risk than with flu. That's right. When's the last time you saw anybody lose their mind about their kid catching the flu? And and you talk about, too, this this is one of the interesting things that's happening right now, too. Because of the last three presidencies, and I'll go back to Obama, and then to Trump, and then to Biden, we've seen more and more accomplished by executive order. George Bush, too. I mean, they were all out of control. This is a problem because we lose representative government, and we spent a lot of blood and a lot of heartache breaking away from a monarchy a long time ago. Uh, the worst thing we could do is have a president overreach past the constitutional limitations. Now, this idea that we can give away money for for debt retirement or that we can tax somebody or regulate or, or close our business all on the idea of an emergency, first of all, there is no emergency. There's, there's, there's that is so obviously antithetical to everything this country stands for. It's unbelievable. And you me. lose your representation every time there's another executive order. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat, Agreed. frankly, because I think it's a precedent. And, and if you like it when it's a Republican president and then you hate it when it's a Democrat president, realize every four years you have the ability to have something drastically changed that businesses have a hard time reacting to. It's not representative, by the way, because your representative, this is why I always say the federal government needs to push everything down to the local level as yep. much as possible because, let's face it, Californians don't think the same way as Georgians do. Yep. Uh, New Yorkers don't feel the same well, way. Well, and it's the Florida. it's the incubators of democracy, right? California's been doing California, and it's slipping off the cliff. And, then and that, that. that's so you can know, like, those policies, don't do that. And, that's and so they- people that are moving from California to Florida, don't bring those stupid ideas with you. That's what got you in that position in the first place. And, oh, by the way, that's how medicine's supposed to work, too, because when yes. I get to do something different from you and then it's oh wow look dr barber's ideas work better than mine i'm okay i'm gonna copy you now but the nice thing is we had the freedom to do that based on two educated individuals who then get to try different things that work that's how we advance medicine it's not just in a lab it's actually through our practice that's an art form that's what we've done for hundreds of years that's why we're the quickest growing uh industry when it comes to actually making advances where we allow the private industry to do its thing. That's what it make, made America great. Technology, medicine, politics, you name it, when we're allowed to differ. When we don't, it is everything wrong with with, with uh, society. It keeps you from getting better when you can compare ideas in advance rather than one person telling you everything's right or wrong. And that's what every government, every medical side, everything that's failed has always been one size fits all. So I always like to bring up the story of Joseph Lister, who is oh, uh, a physician. <laughs> he's he's uh, He lived from 1827 to 1912. He's considered the father of antiseptic surgery. And he took years and years, over a decade, to sort of convince people that sterilizing instruments and things like that tremendously reduced uh, post-operative wound infections and things like that. And he was pilloried by the the uh, medical staff at the time. Um, they didn't want to do things differently. They didn't want to, they, you know, his, he was introducing a whole new level of hassle, right? You and I are doctors, right? I've been practicing for a long time. Everything I do, I've done it a billion times and it's easy for me now. Now all of a sudden somebody comes out with a new and better way of doing something, but it means I got to relearn how to do stuff. I have to read. I have to think harder about it. I have to practice to get my skills up to do this new way. I have an innate resistance to want to do that. I want to do what's comfortable. That's why we have to have open debate and open speech. The other thing is you and I living in this world of um, of science. You know, we understand that 
scientific papers don't end the debate on things. You don't do one randomized control trial that finds something and that's the end of it. It's just more information that you add to the pile. You could have another randomized control style on the same study, same subject next month that shows the complete opposite. There's no end to this stuff, and that's why you can't say, well, that person is spreading misinformation. How would you know? Who is the arbiter of misinformation? And the way we used to treat kooks was to let's let them speak in the public square and people would figure ah, it out. And now, difficult. you know, and now we got this whole thing, oh, it's hate speech. No, it's misinformation. No, I need to find some other reason to shut my opponent up uh, in order in order to get my way. That, to me, is tyranny. That is the very definition of it. And, you know, you look at what's going on with Trump. I mean, love him or hate him. Uh, explain to me, what exactly is he being busted for? Well, that's... No, the, my point is nobody knows. They went into his house. They took some documents. They're leaking stuff. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And the whole world should be standing up. No, 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 no. And, that is not how this works. And by the way, what was the motivation? What, why was he targeted this at this point? Why not a year ago? Why not right when he came out of presidency? If you, if you had something that you're worried about, what was it that all of a sudden gave the judge the, the idea that this was a good idea to, to approve when it's outside the standard of, of law? And, and, and I'll go to the next step. By the way, you mentioned Lister, which great story. Yeah. First of all, Lister, Listerine is where that came from, yeah. the antiseptic. And, and there's a very book, uh, good book called Destiny of the Republic when Garfield got shot. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, he would have survived his wounds, just yeah. like Teddy Roosevelt survived yeah. his wounds. But for those doctors, the leading experts of their time, yeah. by the way, who kept on putting their fingers in his wound over and over again without washing their hands. Until they got, until he got infected he and got, yep. he got septic. Yep. And that's what caused his death. Not the gunshot wound, yep. but doctors who didn't yep. sterilize because that wasn't the standard because nobody was allowed to talk against that. And this is this, now that was just peer pressure. But when a government does it, it goes far beyond peer pressure. It actually becomes punitive and it becomes, uh, it becomes bullying really. And it's, and it's the absolute wrong thing to do. Anything. But this, the, the lesson that I think is going on here is, again, uh, the Trump thing to me, it's like, I, I'm not here to debate that stuff, love him or hate him. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just talking about the facts of the case. They tried to come at him with the pee hoax, right, that he somehow met with uh, uh, prostitutes and got these, you know, crazy Which things. Which has been debunked. Yeah, no, 100%. You had the Steele dossier that we now know through public, we know for a fact that it was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign through Perkins Coie law firm. That got debunked. We had the uh, Russia collusion hoax where, uh, you know, supposedly the quid pro quo. He released the transcript to see, debunked. you saw with your own eyes that he didn't do it. They went on with this um, this ridiculous impeachment trial as if we didn't all just see it. And this is what I'm talking about. The Truman Show, the emperor has no clothes. They don't care. It's not about demonstrating that you're in the right. They don't care. It's the levers of power that allow them to just be like, yeah, we see that you caught us. We know that you see the man behind the curtain. We don't care. The way we need to stop them, the only way we have available to stop them is with our vote. We have to get better people in office, we need people that will be accountable to the people. And listen, this is not going to happen overnight. We're not going to have this one election in November or even this is going to take a century. It took a century for us to get here. But people got to first start learning to speak the truth, stop living in the Truman Show and understand where we're going. Right. 
Most of us keep our mouth shut because eh, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. I don't like politics. I want to be a doctor. I don't want to be involved in this stuff. But you know what? The world is going away. And unless people start getting themselves involved, we're just going to keep going until we live in a complete um, gulag archipelago. We're quickly going in that direction. And the scary thing is, I, I was in the Marines for 16 years. Uh, I was a pilot. I was airborne. Uh, I did a bunch of things. And what's interesting, it was a, it's a naturally conservative organization, especially in the officer corps for a long time. Uh, now what they're doing, they're indoctrinating. They, they literally have political officers almost like uh, Hunt for October. No, not almost. Exactly like that. And, and yes. they have required lectures on everything from transgenderism yep. to you name it. And it's, once again, indoctrinating. Rather than teaching you about mission accomplishment, rather than keeping you alive, and, and you talk about CRT and, and and exposing people to things that make them less likely to get along, less likely to think in green. So we're all, we, we always joke in the Marine Corps, we're all shades of green. We all bleed red. Uh, there are no, there are no race in, in the Marine Corps. Nobody cares about that. But now you're going to make me hyper aware of that through the CRT indoctrination. And when I was going through, literally, I, when I first heard CRT, I was like, oh, you mean the combat readiness test? Because that's the CRT yeah. that we had. I literally yeah. thought that, what, what does that have to do with school? Yeah. And so we've gotten away from this idea that that really our mission is really what should drive us, whether uh, it be in the Marine Corps trying to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy through fire and maneuver, uh, or in medicine where it's just to serve the patient and allow me to do that the best I can. And sometimes that will take me doing charity work. Sometimes it will have to do – it will be for profit. We'll figure that out. But when the government gets involved, it's always bias. It's always about control. It's always about power. It's always about uh, com- converting people to one thought process. And one thing I will say, don't, when you're, I don't care what political party you are, but remember this. It's not about winning. Uh, this is about a discussion going forward because parties kind of flip in what they represent over time. And, and, and I'll say that when we're talking about winning an election, that's temporary. What, what Dr. Barb was just alluding to, this is actually a discussion that will, if you're in a church, you're never done with the last Bible study. You're never done growing the church because it's not about meeting the, the, the amount to, to turn on the lights at the end of the day. It's not about staying, keeping the church alive. It's about actually expanding something that you believe is good for everybody. And that's why these political discussions have to be open and unbiased and not and not bought for. It has to be a what is good for people. And it's not about giving away. What we've shown historically is not about giving away things. It's about allowing people to have the value of earning things. And that's what we're all made for. And that's what's been successful in societies around the world. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just saw uh, recently that uh, apparently now you have to show ID to buy whipped cream because, again, you know, they the whippets <laughs> with the nitrogen oxide kids are getting high and it obviously is not good for you uh, but you can go and get transgender you know they call it gender affirming surgery because they manipulate the language w- what's going on folks this is just insane I'm in a situation now where I have to think twice about asserting the fact that there are two genders male and female and that is it and a male cannot become a female and a female cannot become a male I mean that is a controversial statement I could get censored I could get attacked I definitely just made somebody's list we got to get that guy All of the science, unless and, you're talking about chromosomes, that stuff's BS. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like unless people start pushing back against the simple stuff, we're not going to get there. And this is kind of the thing. 
at some point, it's just evil, right? You know, I used to think about, and I'm going to use the Nazi Germany example. I mean, that did not happen overnight, you know? At first, it was like, hey, we're going to demonize the Jews, and everybody was kind of like, yeah, my life's bad, they're demonizing Jews. Gee, does that sound like anything we're hearing today about demonizing certain groups of people? Uh, you know, the MAGA Republicans, they're always calling fascists and things like that. I mean, you're demonizing a group, and then from there, it was like, don't do business with these people, and then next thing you know, they're rounding them up. And it was, when you talk to people who lived through that time, they said it didn't, it was very slow. It was very slow and people didn't speak up and it was just very slow and one step after another and next thing you know we have the Holocaust. Well, I don't think it's that slow. We are literally mutilating the bodies of children at major institutions of academics. Man, people got to stop. Listen, thanks for being with us uh, this this week again, uh, Rich. He's running for Georgia 6th. Uh, make sure you get out and vote. We'll catch you next time on the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber with Dr. Rich McCormick. You're listening to us on America's Web Radio. Everybody have a great week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.